All right. What's going on, everybody? It is Joe and Peter welcoming you back to Providence POV. To Monday, February 26th. It's about 6 o'clock. By the time you're listening to this, it will be Tuesday the 27th around 10 a.m. Friars still off. They, they had off this weekend, but it was a big weekend in Big East hoops. We'll get into that. We'll get into you know some of the storylines coming into this week, including Providence's matchup on the road against the fifth-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles. But first and most importantly, Peter, how you doing? How was your weekend? Weekend, weekend was good. Weekend was good. A little less uh, stress than I guess you would normally have with uh, Providence playing. Uh, I, I always, obviously, we enjoy watching Providence basketball, but I think the weekend off as fans, I think that was nice. Um, and I'm assuming the team and the players probably enjoyed a little bit of a week, uh, a weekend off, about a couple of days off heading into the the most important, I guess, four-game stretch of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is really it right now, the, the the home stretch here. We're on the road on Wednesday at Marquette. On Saturday, we host Villanova. Back on the road to Washington, D.C. on the following Tuesday to play Mar- uh, Georgetown. And then the following Saturday, home again to host the reigning national champions. So, you know, this is it here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, this is going to be a very telling and important stretch of games for Providence. You know, we, we've beaten this 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 point to death here, but uh, we are as bubbly of a bubble team as there is. Um, <laughs> you know, we have five quadrant one victories on the season, so that works in our favor. But, you know, as it happens this time of year, you know, teams win, teams lose, and there's so much movement on the bubble that even with five quad one wins, you really can't say that we're safely in or out, which is why our destiny's in our own hands. And again, that's a theme that we we've talked about till we were blue in the face so far. But um, you know, Providence controls what happens, and, and and you know that happens on the court, and it starts on Wednesday at Marquette. Yeah, and this is an interesting week, right, Joe? And I guess Marquette obviously is on deck. And I think if you look at this matchup, right, and you just look at the game, maybe take a step back and look at the game as like a bigger picture of the rest of the season, right? This is not a not a must win like it was with X last Wednesday, right? Like right. it's it's a week where you have to go minimum one and one. It's it's that that's the week. This is the week you have to go one and one, right? Like you mm-hmm. can't can't go 0-2 this week. You can go, you can lose to Marquette and you can beat Nova and you're totally fine uh, in terms of the NCAA tournament because that's where we're at right now with four games left. Everything's focused, obviously, Big East tournament, but also uh, what you can do to get yourself safely into the NCAA tournament picture. Um, and obviously, where, wherever you look for your brackets, there's probably 50,000 and some have problems as a 10, some have 11, some have a last four in, uh, just out. So you're, you'll get a mix of a mixed reactions with this team. And look, you go win Wednesday and it, it kind of changes the thought process of this team. They come, I guess, I guess one step closer to being almost a lock if you beat Wednesday, right? Cause right. Marquette's fifth in the country. You already beat Marquette. It would be a sweep of Marquette and it would also be a road win and another quad one win, which would get you to six quad one wins, right? Like, you're not a lock, a definite, if you win Wednesday, 
but you're pushing that unless as long as you don't stumble, especially against Georgetown, right? You could probably stumble against Nova, but if you stumble against Georgetown, then you're not a lock. But Wednesday is so in, it's weird because it's so important, Joe. But you and I could be talking about the recap of the game Thursday after a loss and still have nothing like no change of where this team stands. Yeah, great. I think everything you said is is accurate. Um, just taking a step back, right? And when we looked at games that you need to have, we looked at this road trip, and I'm going to go back here to the the road game at Xavier too. We looked at that as having to go one and one, right? You could either win at Xavier or you could win at, at Marquette. Re- regardless, both of them are quadrant one opportunities, and a win at either moves you in the right direction with respect to NCAA tournament hopes. Now, does going 2-0 and over this stretch help that cause? Absolutely, especially considering a win at fifth-ranked Marquette is much more valuable than a win at an unranked, you know, up-and-down Xavier team. Um, but nevertheless, you know, if you lose this game to Marquette, I, you know, nobody's going to penalize you too harshly. You know, they're, they're the fifth-ranked team in the nation for a reason. Um, and, you know, Providence already owns a vi- the victory of the first matchup. And if we didn't miss all of our free throws, we would have beat Marquette by 25 in that game. So, um, you know, this is a, what I would like to call a nice-to-have and, and not a must-win. If we do win, uh, you know, I think it's safe to say you can consider the ticket punched. Uh, but if you don't win, you know, there's still three other opportunities to pad your resume, pad the win column, and hopefully pick up another Q2 and uh, Q1 opportunity against Villanova and against Connecticut. But regardless, this is still, you know, a huge opportunity for Providence. I'm not trying to downplay the game too much. I just don't think that if we lose, it is, you know, the end of the world. Yeah, and... Thinking of the game, it's hard to it's hard to imagine at this moment. Even though I think we're playing very good basketball, and Marquette is too outside of playing UConn. If you look at their stretch, the last eight to ten games, they're playing really good basketball outside of playing at UConn where, mm-hmm. uh, when they got smoked. So if you put that aside, they're playing really good basketball against the uh, against most of the teams in the Big East outside of uh, Creighton, who they haven't played in the last eight to ten games. Right, so. It's hard to sweep a type of team like this, Joe, right? Like, yeah, you and I would, we would, anybody would take a split with Marquette. Like, in any, not any year, obviously, depending on where Marquette is and where we're at. But this year, uh, the fifth ranked team, a team that's 21 and six, a team that is well on their way uh, to the NCAA tournament, not even in question, second in the Big East right now, right? You would take a split, right? But it's, it's always funny. You win so early against them in the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden you're like, you get a little greedy, right? And then you just look at how important, not how, how or how impactful this win would be for the Friars resume and right. what, what it would do, Joe, because it could come down if they're in the tournament to them being an 11 seed or a 10 seed, right? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's that simple. Or this could come down to them being the last four in or the last four buys or, or getting off the last four in and getting into the last four buys, which is a monumental difference. Uh, you don't have to play that playing game. And you want to, obviously, if you get in, you want to avoid that at all costs. Right. So this could be the defining factor. And look, you take care of Marquette, you take care of Nova, you take care of Georgetown, right? You're definitely safely in. And then UConn's just a toss-up game. At that, the, point. At that and point, I don't you're playing know, with house money. 
Yes, and I know I'm going way too far down in the picture because I definitely would not take Villanova lately, and obviously we'll talk about that later in the week. But look, it's a winnable it's it's a, it's a winnable top five game, which is very hard to say, and it, it's it's enticing. Obviously, it's a tough road place to play, um, but you know how to beat them. I think you have the players to beat them. Is it is it just the case that is it just too hard to sweep this level of a team? Yeah. I- I think you make a great point. Um, looking back at the the first matchup too, I think it's important to note how much has changed since, uh, for the Providence side of things, at least since uh, we last played Marquette. Obviously, the the glaring uh, change is no Bryce Hopkins, um, and he certainly had an impact in the last matchup. Eleven points, nine rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. Right, that's. Mm-hmm. In 35 minutes of playing time, going 3 for 10 from the field, so not great shooting, 0 for 4 from deep, and 5 from 10, 5 for 10 from the free throw line. So although the efficiency wasn't there, he still was a rebound shy of a double-double. So his his presence was felt. Um, but at the same time, Josh Oduro, 10 points, 9 rebounds, three for four from the field, four of six from the line. And that's in only 26 minutes. So this was a game where, you know, it wasn't the Josh Oduro uh, surge that we've been seeing the past, you know, month and a half, right? Mm -hmm. These, you know, 20 plus point performances playing through him offensively. This was a game where, you know, Oduro only took four shots, had 10 points, nine rebounds. So it's going to be interesting to see how, Oduro and Igadaro go against each other the second time around, especially considering the newfound uh, emphasis on Oduro's presence offensively. Um, and then obviously, you know, Devin Carter, you know, he played a, a reminiscent game from what we've seen 22 points, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal, six for 10 from the field, five of nine from deep. Um, you know, that's pretty on par. And then Ticket Gaines, who hit five threes in the last matchup had 18 points, uh, only took 11 shots. Ten of them were from deep. Um, see if we can get him going again. But in, in terms of the what was then versus what is now, the two biggest changes on the Providence side are no Bryce Hopkins and a different Josh Oduro. Yeah, and you mentioned, and we obviously we talked about Josh Oduro a ton. We talked about Devin Carter a ton, right? And you mentioned Igadaro uh, on the Marquette side. And I think he's probably one of the more underrated big men in the in the conference, right? Because he doesn't. I don't think he gets the love that a Kalkbrenner or a Klingon or a Soriano does, right? Uh, from the media or or even a Josh Adura at this point, right? Like I don't think he does, and he's quietly. I don't know if he's quietly. In my opinion, it sounds a little quietly. He's quietly putting together a fourteen and seven year, right? He's right. super athletic. He's super jumpy. Super bouncy. Uh, he's kind of a nightmare to play against. Uh, he can. He's a great rebounder, and that's a huge matchup because. Josh Adoro and, and, and Igodaro are completely are two completely different types of players, right? And I don't need to break down each player, but just the eye test, you know, they're both totally two different types of players. So we'll see what style of play kind of kind of kind of shows shows up on uh, Wednesday night. And then obviously Tower Colick, Cam Jones, 
you, you, Joe, you and I were talking about off air. Like we can joke about, oh, you have to stop Cam Jones and you have to stop Tyra Cole. Like everyone knows that. Yeah, English knows that. It's it's way easier said than done. It's virtually yeah. impossible. It's one of those things. But can you limit Cam Jones and, and or Tyra Cole? And I think if you go back and look at that that first matchup when the Friars won by fifteen. Cole was seven for five, 15. Uh, he was two for five from three. He had 21 points, nine rebounds, five assists. He did his thing, right? The one thing that didn't really show up was the play of Cam Jones. So you kind of did limit someone. I know he had 13 points, but that was similar to like a Bryce Hopkins number where he wasn't super efficient. Five for 14 from the field and one for six from three. So, like, that is kind of the recipe, right? Like, you and I, I think you and I talked about this. When we did our preview for this for the, the, the game originally uh, a couple months ago, where you can't have both guys go twenty plus on you, right? right? Because you, you you're going to probably lose that game. Uh, you pick one, someone beats you, Tyler Cole, that's fine. Twenty one points. You hold Cam Jones to that type of shooting, you win those type of games. Right. Uh, obviously, way easier said than done. And Marquette did not shoot the ball well from three. Uh, they were four for twenty from three. And I'm going to be honest with you, Joe. I'm, they're probably going to shoot better on Wednesday night from three. I, at, I, at home? Yeah. Yeah. I would be shocked if they go four for 20 from three. So we have to obviously play for that. Um, and a little bit of revenge for Marquette. But look, there is a recipe to win this game. Uh, Marquette's depth is not as good as it used to be because I believe Sean Jones is out for the year. Is that correct? He is. with uh, he, tore, he tore a something in his knee similar to yeah, Bryce Hopkins. So, I forget. Yeah. So their, so their depth has been a little bit uh, faltered, obviously not the injury to what Bryce Hopkins is, but their depth is a little faltered behind, I guess their core guards uh, that they start. So look, there's a recipe to win, um, but yeah, obviously it's way easier said than done. Yeah. I, I mean, Marquette has, has grown tremendously throughout yeah. the, the, the season since the last time we saw them. Um, Marquette actually was two and three, through the first five games of Big East play, rattled off an eight-game win streak, lost at UConn, and then has since beaten DePaul and then Xavier. Um, actually, ironically enough, Providence's last two games were against DePaul and Xavier in that order. Um, so that's a, a weird tidbit that I just noticed now. But I think that the game that I would want to reference here in terms of you know Marquette not playing well is when Butler beat them at home. Uh, Marquette shot 16% from deep that game, just five for 31. I think if Providence has a chance of winning on Wednesday night, they're just going to, they're going to have to do, they're going to have to provide the same type of perimeter defense that Butler did. Uh, this was also way back when, um, God, I, I can't even find the date on this. Uh, hold on. Sorry for the dogs. <laughs> This was back on January 10th. So keep in mind, well over a month ago, yeah. too. No, yeah. And look, we, we said it. We said it, Joe. Marquette's playing some very good basketball at the moment, right? Outside of UConn, they haven't lost a lot, right? And they position themselves fairly well in the Big East Conference at the moment. They're 12 and 4. Uh, they're currently second in the Bay East. They're currently fifth in, in, in the country, right? So they've positioned themselves very well in the Big East. And, look, I would be shocked if Marquette has that type of shooting performance again. Uh, it, 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 it's probably not going to happen. The Friars are going to have to score. They're going to have to be efficient. Uh, Josh Adore has to stay out of foul trouble. 
Um, I don't think you can have that type of foul trouble like he did against X and win this game. I, I just don't think Marquette X was not is not the level of the team Marquette is, right? So I don't think you can have anyone near that foul trouble. And like you and I've said a million times, someone has to step up. A third option was it was Jaden Pierre uh, against X, but it, originally uh, against Marquette the first time, Bryce Hopkins wasn't great. It was a ticket gains with five threes. So someone else needs to step up. They have to make timely shots and defend. And you know what? You're, you're the underdog. Uh, the spread is not out yet because we're, you're, we're recording on Monday night. You're gonna be you're gonna be dogs in this game. You got to come out firing, and you got to you got to put a little pressure on them, right? Marquette, right, is coming off a nice win against X, but they got some games coming up that are tough to end the season. They add they go at after us. They go at Creighton, host UConn at X. That's a very tough stretch, obviously including us, but that's a very tough stretch uh, to end. So. Maybe they're looking ahead to their Creighton matchup this week. Yeah, I, I was going to say. So, yeah, that, that, that could be a possibility. We might be a, a trap game for Marquette. You know, you're on the road at a ranked Creighton team that just blew the doors off of UConn and then got their teeth kicked in by St. John's. I was actually at that game. Um, oh, you were? Yeah. And, and then they go and they host UConn, who just kicked the shit out of them. So Yeah, what a revenge. Uh, it... it it's interesting now because I'm looking at it in real time. Like if I'm Marquette, I care more about Saturday's game against on the road at Creighton, but um, I don't know. I'm not Marquette. I'm not Shaka smart and I'm not Tyler Kolick. So I, I can't tell you uh, what their preparation is going to look like. This is all just speculative in nature. Um, but I mean, we, we can run through hypotheticals and scenarios until we're blue in the face here. But what's most important is that, um, you know, Providence goes out, they compete. Like you said, Peter, keep Josh out of foul trouble, let Devin do his thing. And then hopefully there's a third layer of scoring on offense, be that from Ticket, Jaden, Corey, uh, the role players. Uh, they've been playing really well as of mm -hmm. late, those guys. So hopefully, you know, the momentum can continue. Um, but anyway, it was a big weekend of action across the conference. I know, Peter, you wanted to talk a little bit about Big East tournament seeding probabilities that's been released um, on Twitter, if you want to go through that. Yeah, yeah. So this was released on the day we're recording some Monday. Obviously, nothing's going to change until Tuesday, based because the next Big East game is Tuesday night, Georgetown and Nova. So we could talk about the NSA tournament, of, of course, but also where the Friars um, – kind of position themselves in the Big East right now because obviously we all know you go win the Big East tournament, then we don't have to really worry about the selection committee making a decision. We just get to wait and see what seed we are. Uh, and obviously we get a Big East tournament uh, resume on our resume and for the school. So right now the Friars currently sit at fifth in the Big East, something that was interesting over the weekend with the Creighton loss to St. John's on Sunday. They fall back to fourth. Um Obviously, there's not enough. Obviously, the games are not even at the moment. They'll, they'll even themselves out in a bit. Uh, Seen Hall's third, Marquette's second, UConn's first. But we're talking about probabilities, Joe. I'll run through them quickly for Providence, the percentages, and then we can talk about them. Mm -hmm. um, at the moment, they got a 2% chance to be the third seed in the Big East. Uh, first off, one and two, they have 0% chance. So you can cross that out your list. And 10 and 11, they have 0% chance. So you can cross that out your list as well. So right now for the three, they have uh, a 2% chance to be a three seed, an 8% chance to be a four seed. Uh, the fifth seed, they have a 41% chance to be the five seed, which is the highest out of 
all the seeds. And then second highest, uh, six seed at 22%, seven seed at 16%, and then eight seed at 9%, and they have a 1% chance to be a nine seed. So based off that, the two most likely scenarios are the fifth and the sixth at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the, the, the key to this too is what happens around Providence. And I know yeah. we have said very much as of lately that, you know, Providence's control is in control of its own destiny. And while that's true, um, what happens around us with respect to Big East tournament seating is also a little bit out of our hands, right? We can control our own record, our own wins, our own losses, but what we can't control is what Villanova, St. John, Xavier, and Butler do. Um, and the reason that's important is because not only for Big East tournament seating, but on the bubble, Providence is competing against Villanova, Butler, you know, at times St. John's, but right now they've really slid off um, and Seton Hall for NCAA tournament positioning. So this is kind of twofold here. Um, so if, if, if you're watching Big East basketball, root against Butler because mm -hmm. they're doing us a favor by losing games. Root against Villanova because we are neck and neck with them on the bubble. Uh, root against Seton Hall because right now they have us quite literally in some bracket forecasts exactly next to each other. Um, so root against them for the purpose of NCAA tournament seat uh, bubble positioning, yeah. but also for Big East tournament seating because as it stands right now, uh, each team in the conference, there's no ties. So UConn is solely in first, Marquette in second, Hall in third, Creighton fourth, Providence fifth, Nova sixth, St. John's seventh, Xavier eighth, Butler ninth, Georgetown tenth, DePaul eleventh. There are no ties. Each record is unique and different. Um, mm -hmm. And quite honestly, I don't want to have to play Wednesday night because well, like no, you and I, what's you that? You to be a five seed. Right. If you want, if you want to play, if you want the first round by to Thursday, you have to be five or higher. And right yeah. now, Providence is a soul, is in sole ownership of fifth place. Yeah, Joe. Everyone knows uh, the sixth seed. You don't want to be. It's weird because, like, if you're the sixth seed, then you potentially could get a different matchup right now, right? Like, the odds are the Friars in the quarterfinals would either probably play. I would put my money on it, either Seton Hall or Creighton. That's probably if where we, we get, stand. If we got the, the five seed. Yes, or or six, because Seed Hall, Crane, one of them is going to be a three, and one of them is going to be a four. Um, that's what I, I think happens, right? The Friars beat Marquette. Marquette gets the five losses in the Big East. Then it gets a little... Uh, gets a little hairy. Then it gets a little weird who you're facing, potentially in the quarterfinals, because then those are wrench, because then the two seeds up for grabs for Seed Hall and potentially Creighton, right? Um so you have that, but odds are the Friars are probably playing either Seton Hall or Creighton, even if they're the five or the six, because right now Seton Hall is the three. Right now Creighton's uh, the four. Obviously, stuff can change, but I agree. You want to avoid DePaul. Uh, it's it's tough to look at matchups like who would you rather play, Creighton or Seton Hall. I think you and I came to terms last time, probably Seton Hall, but who the heck knows? And at, with four games left, it's really hard to look at matchups uh, at the moment, right, with the Friars still – battling for an NCAA, NCAA tournament berth, but I agree with the right. teams that you need to lose. Um, it's a, it's an interesting week in the Big East, Joe. Um, some, this Tuesday's not big. Like we can before, before we end here, we probably can maybe talk about some of the games surrounding uh, our game, actually. So Because Georgetown, Villanova on Tuesday night, right? Like 
Yeah. I'm going to chalk up Villanova takes care of business at home. Um, you never know, but I'm going to chalk that up to Villanova taking care of business. Wednesday, Joe, I don't know if you looked at the slate yet outside of our game. Four it games. Is, it is a massive, massive game in the big uh, um, day in the Big East. DePaul at X, right? X is nowhere near the NCAA tournament. They're probably done. But they can get to eight wins in the Big East, so they can kind of throw a wrench in some of the Big East tournament seating. 100%. St. John's at Butler. Uh, what a what a bubble game, right? Butler is having some of the worst basketball they played since they beat us, mm-hmm. and and St. John's was probably dead. And then they maybe have a little bit of hope with that win against Crane on Sunday. They go to Hinkle and they beat Butler. Then they definitely have some hope. Um, I would probably assume Joe, the loser of St. John's Butler, is probably done for the NCAA tournament. I'm, uh, I, it's. Anything can happen. Well, well, uh, well. The thing is, if Butler loses, they go to seven and eleven in Big East. Like, I don't think you can. You know what I mean? It, not only tough. that, I mean, no one is. T- I mean, St. John's wins; they're alive, a hundred percent. Because then you would come off a, a home win against Creighton and a win at Butler. That's back to back quad one. Yeah, I, I mean, live if St. John's wins. St. John's Butler, was dead in the water until I think. Yesterday. I, so I think if whoever loses, Joe is probably done for the NCAA tournament. For an at-large, at least, because either one of those teams is capable of making a run to the Big East Tournament Championship game, which is, again, 100%. why, back to the point we made a few minutes ago, why seeding is so important. It, mm-hmm. it, it factors in an extra game and an extra day of rest, right? Like, that's why a top-five seed is so important, because let's say, hypothetically, and this isn't just for Providence, this is just in general, you're a bubble team in the Big East, and... Come Big East tournament week, you're still not, you know, you still don't have the defining wins and the defining resume that gets you into the tournament. It could take a couple of wins on a neutral floor at the Big East tournament to get you there, which yeah. is what, which is again, why you don't want to have to play that extra game if you want to get to Championship Saturday. You you need the rest. You you care about the matchups, and you know you don't want to do what Seton Hall did last year, and that's lose to DePaul on the Wednesday night slate of games. Yeah, and then obviously Wednesday night, Seton Hall as well at Creighton is just a monumental game Yeah, in the Big East. For seeding purposes, 100%, who's getting that three, who's getting that four, does Marquette lose, and then the two's up for grabs, right? But Seton Hall probably, like us, almost pushes them to a lock with the win Yeah, at Creighton. Um, on Wednesday night, potentially. Uh, so we're huge Creighton fans on Wednesday night. I would, I, I would say, um, we yeah. Don't we don't want Seton Hall to win? And then you said probably St. John's over Butler. I would, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's I, weird because they're both like on the same bubble line, and they yeah, both have the same record in Big East play, and we I, both split with both teams. I still think Butler is higher on the bubble than St. John's is. Okay. So that's prob- yeah, you're probably right. A St. John's win just pulls Butler close, right? Farther I think done if they lose, right? A St. John's win pulls Butler closer to being yeah. out than it yeah. does projecting St. John's in. Is where I see that. Yeah. No, that no that that makes that makes sense. And you're right because Butler can't help themselves on Saturday. They have the Paul. Um, right. St. John's really can't help themselves. If you look at St. John's, I know we're now we're talking about St. John's, but they're a Big East team. If they look at their last three games, if they don't like that's the one of the reasons I said they're done if they don't win Wednesday night, um, is because they play at the Paul and then host Georgetown. Yeah, 
they need to they, they need to win Wednesday night, or they're just Big East. They need to go to the finals probably in the Big East tournament. Yeah. So they're 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 going to be desperate Wednesday night because they were desperate Sunday and they beat they beat a really good Creighton team and the Creighton team that struggles on the road. Um, we have seen we've seen firsthand. Um, but I I do think St. John's is probably do or die on Saturday. Yeah, if you get to Paul and George on the end of your year, you're like, what the heck? You're like you think beginning of the year we get some easy wins to end the year, right? And then you're like, oh crap, doesn't really help us. Right. I mean. Unless you're just playing for seeding, it helps you. But if you're for the Big East seeding, but you're not, if you want resume wins, it, it, it does absolutely nothing. Well, I mean, fortunately for us, we we finish with UConn. Yeah, that helps. So that's a resume opportunity. But um, if I'm going to be honest with you, I wish that Georgetown game that we have, that Providence has, wasn't you know scheduled where it is because this is a critical time of year. Obviously, um, there are so many you know, extracurricular narratives that go around Providence and Georgetown, right? Like you don't need that type of emotional game with only two left in the regular season on the road, mind you, not that it's going to be some packed house hostile environment, but yeah, you know, you'd like to tuck away the Georgetown and DePaul series, you know, earlier on in the season, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The emotional things could be annoying, but hopefully it's just like after a brutal week, because it is a brutal week coming up at Marquette, and then you're playing an Nova team that needs that win because they play Georgetown Tuesday night, and they win that doesn't really move them on their uh, quest to get into the NCAA tournament. So they need a win on Saturday, right? Yeah. Like you're playing a lot of desperate teams with 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 how with how close the Big East is, and how many freaking teams are on this bubble right now, either in the good side of the bubble or the wrong side of the bubble, Joe. Every team is desperate. Yeah, like every team. Yeah, it, it it's fun. It, <laughs> well, it's stressful, I, I, but it's fun. I was gonna say it's yeah. it's fun for the average fan, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call us average fans. I would no. Quite, it's, for that no, matter, I, I wouldn't call anyone that's a fan of a Big East team an average fan. That's I, I mean, it, it's almost it it almost becomes so predictable it, year in and year out. This comp this the conference just cannibalizes itself. Um, it does, and. The funny thing, like if you if you go watch like other games, like other conferences, man, the difference of play, I feel like you're watching just a different sport half the time. Like, yeah. Did you see the Alabama score this weekend? No, what was it? Kentucky put up like a hundred plus. Yeah, see that yeah. normally it, that doesn't happen unless you're playing Georgetown or DePaul in this league. They, you know what this final score of Kentucky Bama? Mind you, this is two top twenty teams heading into the weekend. I don't know where they are ranked now at the moment. Two top twenty teams heading into the weekend. Kentucky won 117 to 95. That's an NBA score. Wow. You don't see that in the Big East unless you get, you know, Creighton C. Hall to even get there in that triple overtime game. Wow. At 15 minutes, we can't even get to that number. Wow. That's something else. Big East is just like a grueling basketball league that's not pretty. If you want pretty basketball, you're watching the wrong sport. Absolutely. 100%. Um, but yeah, I mean, most important thing is take care of Marquette or or maybe not take care of Marquette, <laughs> but come to play on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, we control our destiny and, you know, that's that. Yeah, don't get run out of the building. 
That's yeah. probably my thing, right? If you're going to lose, lose with – make it a close game, make it a grinded-out game. Um, don't make it – like when we when you and I talked about, like, Creighton games, don't make it a, an up-and-down game as much because um, I think that favors Marquette, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of want to grind it out, and you want to you play every four minutes. And you know what? If you're down three, four points with four minutes left in the game, you got to share. You got to chop. Yeah, you know what? Let's hope too that Mar- Marquette's looking past this one and, and is more, yeah, um, you know, consumed with the Creighton UConn stretch that 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 starts on Saturday. Yeah, that Creighton game on two thirty on Fox is going to be an awesome game to watch. Yeah. Um. All right. I mean, I, I don't have anything else, Peter. I think you know, the, the, what 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 needs to be done speaks for itself. Um. Yeah. Yeah, no. Unless we want to talk about stopping Tyler Colick and Cam Jones right out there, I think I'm good. No, I, I definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> we, can, we can break down their tendencies. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, we're uh, all good. Yeah. All right. Um, Providence plays Marquette Wednesday. The game's at seven o'clock on Fox Sports One. Peter, you mentioned earlier there's no line yet. I would, you know, assume Marquette to be favored. My guess probably eight or nine. Um, but who knows? Yeah, Providence like seven maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I I'd say less than ten, more than five. Yeah, it's probably a good good range. As it stands, Providence sits alone in fifth place in the conference at nine and seven in league play and eighteen and nine overall. They hold a three game win streak, which is tied for longest in the conference right now with Seton Hall. For Peter DiBiase, this is Joe Howie. Thank you for listening, as always, and go Friars. Go Friars.